Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Hello everyone. It's my pleasure to invite you to this conversation with Madan Behel on his behind the scenes journey in helping many companies and brands reach their full potential. Madan is the founder of Ad Factors, one of India's largest public relation firms. Welcome Madan, I really appreciate you taking time to share your knowledge and insights with uh, startup founders. I think there are a bunch of very inspiring people. And uh, I, I was doing a chat yesterday with uh, someone and I, I said uh, Swami Vivekananda about uh, more than 100 years ago made a statement, give me 100 young men, energetic young men, and I will change India. I think our Sunicon, the founders of our Sunicons and Unicons represent those 100 people today. We have waited for 100 years for the, probably that having such so many such people at one time together. And uh, if, we, if we wait for another five years, maybe we'll have a thousand such young men and women who have that resilience, uh, who have that energy, who have that uh, kind of uh, fortitude and, and a determination to succeed and, and do something good and disruptive. That, that brings me actually to something I have been thinking a lot. You know, we live in an era of uh, celebrities and uh, very different from what was a few decades ago. So in this, uh, what is your advice on when PR is too much? It's not a question of too much or too little. The, the important thing is, what is the objective of the PR program? So if you take a startup, I think public relations for a startup should start from day one. A startup is like an infant and therefore a little more vulnerable to infections and risks like a, like a human infant. And therefore the, the, the public relations program in that sense protects, provides a protective ring against risks, but it also helps build a corporate brand. Now, startup is competing without resources or without adequate resources for human talent. If they're competing for new customer acquisition, they're competing for more capital. And under these circumstances, public relations creating a corporate brand becomes a very helpful exercise. If the messaging of the of the of the startup or the or the company is around uh, the impact that they're having on society, how good the product is, how how the product helps or the solution helps in addressing the challenges that customers are facing or any other stakeholders in society are facing, if the messaging is around these things, uh, broadly you could call purpose, broadly you could call the accepted tenets of ESG, which is now becoming so much center stream in, in all the global thinking, I think then then it is it's okay to do as much as you can do. So you so you talked about you know uh, the infancy of startups, but most startups are technology founders and they have little to no prior exposure to media to PR. So how should they get started? What are the baby steps? I mean, do they hire an agency? Should they bring somebody in-house? What do you suggest for a company from a life cycle on how they should approach this in a systematic way? 
I think the concept of uh, reputation should be uh, organization-wide uh, preoccupation. And the chief executive or the founder should also be the chief reputation officer in that sense. He should assume that responsibility. That kind of uh, should help in where are the where are the biggest risks that Indian startups have faced if you see even in the last seven months after the pandemic. They've mostly been around hire and fire policies. Not so much of governance. They have been an issue or two. Or they've been insensitive communications. You put out an ad which the world doesn't like because it overpromises, exaggerates, overclaims, or it just hurts some cultural sensitivities. Other issues have not been really so much. So if you are able to take care of building a culture from the word go, whatever your understanding of that culture is, what is the culture? Culture is a, a, a set of values that you preach and you practice. And, and if you build whatever your values are, you build around those things, I think that risk can be reduced. Finally, perception or reputation is 90% dependent on your behavior and 10% on communications. It's just that the communication people exaggerate the communication aspect. It is really your behavior, how you conduct yourself with the stakeholders. If the, if the conduct is good, and I would suggest therefore a simple, simple thing, can you use public interest as a prism or lens for taking any decision? If you do that, then it is okay. Uh, you must have a senior person right from the word go. I mean, you are a, let's say, team of founders or someday you will have a chief HRO or a chief strategy officer or a chief risk officer or a chief finance officer. Let such a person be in charge of reputation and public relations from day one. You may have a junior corporate communications person or a corporate communications person. I would suggest don't give it to a marketing person to lead that. Don't give it to a general counsel to lead that because there is an inherent conflict in, in, in their role versus what good reputation and public relations principles demand. I think this is uh, invaluable. And, um, uh, you know, that brings me to a different aspect, crisis management. You've written about that. All companies, small or large, at some point in their journey, will have a crisis. It comes at the most unexpected time and in most unexpected ways. And their the ability to truly navigate uh, becomes important. Yet, let alone startups, even large companies, make colossal mistakes. So how do you prepare for it, if it is possible at all? But how do you handle it? I think before you go into handling, you must prevent a crisis if possible. Crisis preparedness, preemption, preparedness, and proactivity, I think, are the three important principles of risk management in general. But crisis that can lead to reputation risks is another. We must understand the, uh, the let's say, uh, making of a crisis. A crisis is only a business risk having a fallout on reputation. So fundamentally, they are all business risks which went wrong. If you, in, in, in a simple opinion, I'll go back to the earlier statement I made. If your actions and your behavior takes cognizance of the impact of your actions or your behavior on any stakeholder, whether it's an employee or a shareholder or a regulator or a community where your plant is operating, I think you will be able to preempt a lot of it. That sensitivity is important. But... 
the other after if that is not manageable and do something like the pandemic comes and is not in your control then being prepared is important then crisis preparedness plans can be laid out well in advance protocols can be laid out well in advance if something happens how will we catch the early signals uh, how how we will catch it in there's something called a golden hour if you intervene in that one hour uh, you can set your context you can set your perspective and your narrative into that crisis and very often it is diffused there is another aspect of crisis which which generally is not known that finally a crisis is a emotional response of stakeholders if you take the understand the emotional context and who is impacted and address that emotional aspect of it i think crisis can be controlled faster the last uh, couple of things i would say are that uh, in 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 managing a crisis be honest be authentic don't don't bullshit because bullshit never works it actually creates a larger problem for you that that i would say is a way to manage it with the sort of rise of social platforms and you know the digital world that we are all part of today everything happens you know much more accelerated and it has a positive and a negative so what is the way in which companies can use the new digital media right effectively cost effectively i was going to actually say building their brands and you know likewise uh, it comes with lots of downsides um you know a customer is unhappy will immediately post something and it can escalate before you even you know can blink so what is your current guidance on how this can be best optimized and how you know you work to ensure uh, you are um, uh, on top of things uh, in this fast paced world i would give some practical tips one of them is knowing what is being discussed in advance i mean you can simple google analytics will tell you what the conversation is what is the general chatter about a company or a product or a individual or a or a sector what are the people life challenges people are facing in the consequences that you are interested in if you are aware of all this and you take your plan your actions accordingly uh, life becomes much more simpler then your communications that go out factor in these these challenges of people are facing you see the dominant emotion today in social media if you in particular in the last 5 6 months is anxiety fear uh, insecurities of jobs income health and maybe a resultant certain amount of helplessness frustration and even anger knowing this kind of mindset that the public has uh, is helpful you you slowly keep creating a corporate brand you keep stating your values and your and your and your benefits to society and and to your stakeholders again and again once a adequate number of people understand it uh, then then it becomes easier to navigate through a crisis because then you have people who will have a lend you a contrary voice in the midst of a crisis no i know this company it's not like that and you know lot of times when here as we are talking this is communication and automatically there's a sense that it is external and very little focus goes into internal communication and sometimes actually crisis emerges from uh lack of or improper even internal communication but just from importance of internal communication how do you see that what is some of the tips and rules that you know young startups and founders should keep in mind 
on this aspect of communication? It's, it's very critical. And I think the internal communications role conceptually has been, I think, under, under understood, if I might use the wrong expression, but it's not adequately appreciated. The, the half-life of strategy has been shrinking for a long time. I mean, you had the strategy for five, 10 years, then you had three years, then you had two years, then you had one year, and now people are talking about quarterly strategies because the ground is shifting so fast. Now, the difference between strategy and, and its success, or the idea and its success is the execution. And the fundamental thing that is required for successful execution would be communicating with the people who are supposed to execute it, which is where the idea of internal execution or the internal communication comes in. I think it's an it's an ongoing thing, but internal communication should not be just make good parties and make good uh, brave statements. And you must accept that all the people who work with you are adults. They're as much interested in the business success as you are. Trust them, give them, tell them the businesses, tell them the challenges, tell them the vision, tell them everything that you need to tell them. Tell them the shifts that are happening, the risks that we're facing. An open, transparent environment for internal environment, repeatedly engaged, I think will go a long way in, 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 in achieving your overall business success. If you make people as your constituency first, so it's not so much about internal communication. Again, it's culture and attitude and, and the way you conduct with the people. Now, Madan, on a different uh, note, you know, India is a young country. Hence, is there anything different about communicating to the young consumer, young India today, than what was maybe even relevant just uh, a couple of decades or even a, in, even a few years ago? I think two things. One, in general, you have to realize the the mindset of the zillennial and the millennial, so to say. They, they are people who don't suffer from the taboos that we suffered from. They don't suffer from a sub, subjugated mindset that we had, that we had to confirm to many things. They don't confirm. So how do you com confirm, communicate to a non-confirmist? How do you communicate to a person who is not really loyal to a brand for a lifetime? They, they are very, uh, in that sense, in a say, uh, opportunistic. So communication to these people uh, must factor in this thing. The second part is the, the social media networks that these people have, they spread the message very, very fast. So knowing who these influencers are, and these need not be very celebrity paid influencers. There are very powerful organic influencers in any community in the constituency that you're talking about, uh, getting rooted in those people and, and making them uh, a kind of uh, ally to your cause is, is an important thing. The third thing is, let's say, cultural context. Now, if you were to, for example, if you're a mobility company and you're hiring drivers, and you find that three out of four drivers come from, uh, uh, what's the language that speak, Bhojpuri speaking Bihar or UP, then developing a communication in Bhojpuri rather than in English that goes and becomes viral there might be a very easy, easy thing. Or if you're in Mumbai, you want to hire, let's say, a uh, a food delivery brand uh, wants to hire uh, 20,000 people tomorrow with a scooter or a motorcycle. Doing a balia dance around which that job is celebrated, which is a thing of the coastal Maharashtra, might go might be 100 times more powerful than, than any other kinds of communication. So 
the cultural context being factored in i think originality will be a important part and uh, that those kind of communications do much better so what should um, young companies that are hiring a you know agency for the first time to help them in their communication brand strategy look for what should they look for the these these brands like become very very large in a very short period of time so they don't have the luxury of changing like for every 6 months of their life cycle so in their first requirement they may have just a basic requirement of okay i want to issue a press list to announce that i got 1 million dollars from someone at another point they may want a little branding in a particular community because they want to hire people but their requirements in the next year might become customer acquisition lowering the cost of customer acquisition getting senior talent getting an m and a kind of a situation so you should hire a agency which can take care of your requirements for your life cycle i would say so that means your customer communications your investor relations at some point your crisis communications and someday if you have to do an m and a detailing care that i m and a and eventually if you are going public can the agency handle the public part also the second part is does this agency understand your mindset and your ethos uh, are they as responsive as you may want them to be startups and founders usually even even yesterday i did a call at 11 o'clock in the night with the founder because they had a urgent thing so responsive to of the agency now many agencies will say we shut down shop at 6 o'clock 7 o'clock we have work life balance now that doesn't work in the case of startups so you will do well to find out can a particular agency that you are hiring take care of your needs today whatever stage of life cycle you are in and can it also be able to support you 5 years when you have a billion dollar ipo so last question how do you see the india opportunity for startups in the next decade oh i mean the economist called it a cambrian moment uh, in in general about uh, a few months ago when they did a full feature i think it's no different in india and the the tsunami of uh, uh, entrepreneurship that startups has unleashed is actually very very good it is going to be a disruptive force and the culture which has taken its own time to change over the last century subjugated by uh, by various historical events that happened i think the startups are our liberating moment and they are they are not just into business they are also into social enterprises i'm sure they can contribute to swachh bharat also and i'm sure they can contribute to atmanirbhar also and i'm sure any societal program or or problem that we are having societal startups have the potential and the creativity and the determination to be able to take a problem and solve it so i think it's going to be a tremendous force of good for india and the the good thing i mean the thing that sets an entrepreneur apart from any other common individual i would say is audacity and i would say that that this audacity of of the startup founders if it is used for larger good of society we will see accelerated change change in india in in a very short time to come and when society sees the benefits then society also responds so we are finding the indian government and the and the bureaucracy very seized of the issues of startups their the policy responses are much faster than they ever were which means they recognize that it is an important disruptive force in india and, and i think startups have a great future startups will do very well and maybe maybe there are many more of them and and i would say may the force be with them yes 
May the force be with them. That's, uh, I think, a great note. And uh, Madan, I really appreciate you being generous with your time and uh, sharing your vast uh, experience. You have a breadth of knowledge working from large established household brands in India, as well as the smallest uh, startups that have, of course, become, uh, have come into their own uh, uh, and become unicorns and uh, unicorns. So thank you very much for making this time uh, for Kalari podcast. Thank you very, very much, ma'am, for, for having me on the podcast. And, and, and I wish everyone all the best and I wish you all the best. Thank you.